The hustle of life, the busyness of life, makes life really tough. But I bet you already know that. And I get it. Life is good. So many good things about life. So many blessings. But still, tough. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this series. It's because we want to help. I believe, we believe that you want to get it right. I believe, we believe as a church that you want to do life well. And so we want to come alongside of you. And we want to help you, encourage you, challenge you. Because we're right there with you. The hustle of life is tough. And we want to do it well. We want to get it right. So what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes is a way for us to kind of summarize everything we've talked about in such a way to make it so practical as we end this series called The Hustle, we're going to give you some handles. We're going to give you some very practical ways to understand how to take steps to deal with the hustle. So this is going to be so good for you. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you need this. But if you're not a Christian, if you're not following Jesus yet, or maybe you're not quite sure and all that, this is still good for you. This is not a Christian thing or a non-Christian thing. This is a people thing. God has given us so much great wisdom to learn that just works in life. So, for all of you that have gathered at all of our locations and you're here live, I'm so glad you're here. You're going to be glad that you came. And for all of you who are at the beach or at the mountains watching online, we hate you, we love you, and you're going to be encouraged as well. I want to begin by talking about a myth a myth that way too many of us attach ourselves to, a myth that we chase. And we chase this myth to the point of discouragement a lot of times, exhaustion most of the time, and even at times we chase this myth to a point of outright defeat. And it's the myth of balance. Of balance. And it goes like this, that somehow... In your life, you've got all of these competing important things competing for your time and energy and focus. And they're all very good and they all have their place and you could say they're all very important. You got work, family, relationships. You, you got time for rest, hopefully time for fun. Time for yourself. Oh, oh, yeah, wait, 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 we're in church. Time for God? So maybe we should redo that list, because we're in church, right? Oh, oh, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was wondering why you didn't put God at the first list. We got God, you got work, family, time to rest, time to have fun. You got to mow the grass, you got to get the groceries. You got all these things. Buying for your time and energy and focus. And the myth of balance is this, is that somehow you can give all of those things equal weight. That somehow you can give them all equal priority and keep them all in perfect harmony. And all of the plates are spinning and all of the balls are balanced, being juggled in the air. Except that's not your experience, is it? That's certainly not my experience. My experience is like, that'd be nice. I hadn't figured out how to make that happen yet. 
I mean, my neighbor has, because he's perfect, <laughs> right? Or the girl I work with, I mean, she's just like, oh, my gosh. But us real people, we, we haven't figured that out. This is so important, so important. Hey, listen, by the way, if, if you're young, if you're, you're in your teens or you're in your 20s or you're in your 60s and you're young, you need to get this. I wish I'd have learned this years and years ago. That's a myth. You cannot keep it all going. Because if you espouse to that myth, here's what happens. It only takes one misstep or one thing to go wrong or one dumb decision <laughs> and the whole thing is out of whack and the plates are falling and the balls are dropping and you're like, ah, I'm trying to keep it all balanced. Yeah, it's a myth. It's not that balance is a bad word. It's just, it's not the best way. There's a much better way. We'll get to it. But to make this even more challenging, all of these things we just mentioned, all of these things, work and family and God and time for rest and, and, and you know, mowing the grass and fun and vacations, all these things take priority if the circumstances are just right. They all take priority over other things, depending on the circumstances. Let me give you a quick example. Let me ask you a question. I need your help. What's more important in the big scheme of life, your job or your health? What's, what's more important in the big scheme of life? Answer, your health. Of course. Why? We all know that. Because without your health, you're not healthy enough to have a job. You can't, and jobs are going to come and go, come and go. You only get one body. You only get one health. One. But let's just say in a work week, you got this hour for lunch, and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to snorf down a salad real quick because I want to be healthy. And then I'm going to go spend the rest of my lunch break at the gym because I want to be healthy. A lot of people do that. Not a bad thing to do. That's great. But on the way out the door, your supervisor, your boss stops you and says, hey, wait a second. We just had something happen. We got to have a meeting like right now. We got to get this problem solved like right now. If we don't solve this problem right now, it, our heads are going to roll. It's going to be bad kind of thing. You know, we got to. You look at your boss and go, well, I'm going to the gym because health is a higher priority than this job. Then your boss, supervisor, is going to look at you and say, well, you can just stay at the gym. Today, you can go back tomorrow morning because you don't have a job anymore. Because we all know in that scenario, you pause the gym, you work out at a different time, and you, you prioritize work because of the situation. Because of, are, are you tracking with me? Okay, flip it around. Just a couple of days after that, suppose, hypothetically, you're at work, and you're working. You're getting a lot done, and your boss is so proud, and you're so proud, and everything's great, and you get a phone call. And it's your doctor's office. And they say, hey, you know that test we did last week, routine thing? Man, we found something scary. You need to get here in the next couple of hours. We are scheduling you for an emergency surgery. And if we don't operate in the next few hours, you could die. Well, you see, I'm at work. And I got this deadline. I'm trying to close this deal. 
I'm getting ready to have a conference call. No, you drop everything and you go get your life saved. And you know what? You may be out of work the whole day, the next day, or weeks after to recover. And you'll be a horrible employee so that you can recover health-wise. You see what I'm saying? What if your goal is balance and you're like perfectly balancing, perfectly balancing? You can't. You can't. It's just not real. It's not reality. There's a much better way. The much better way to prioritize the priorities according to the circumstances in your life. And let me give you that way. It's a better approach. It's a better mindset. And it's two words. Two words. We're going to talk about it the rest of the time. Here they are. Lean in. Not balance, but learn to lean in. According to the situation, according to the circumstances, you kind of survey what's going on and you lean in, knowing where to lean in with your time and energy and focus. Because you only have so much time and you only have so much energy and you only have so much focus. Lean in to where you need to focus the most. It's about learning a good rhythm. It's about being responsive to what happens in your life, not just reactive. And it's about learning how to make decisions based upon wisdom. It's fascinating to me <laughs> that thousands of years ago in the first century, you've got a guy that God used by the name of Paul to write to a group of Christians, and it would be shared even with non-Christians, in the city of Ephesus, which is just a melting pot of culture and philosophy and religious influence, it's, it's, it was a difficult place to live. It reminds me a lot of the culture that we live in. And these people were trying to get it right. He, he taught them something that I look back and, and I'm like, man, if they needed to know that in the first century, boy, we really need to know it now. And I'm thinking if they needed to understand that then, well, we really need to understand it now because it's just as true, just as useful, and this is going to be good for us to understand. And, and really, as you will see, it kind of brings us to the point of learning what it looks like and what it means to lean in. Let's look at it. Paul writes, so be careful how you live. You don't just live. Well, I just live and let life take me where it went. No, 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 no. You better be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. There are those who will choose to live the life of a fool. And then there are those who will choose to live the life of wisdom. To be honest, I've been a fool. To be honest, you've been a fool. We've all said and done foolish things. Chosen, foolish choices. But I think all of us, I know I can speak for me, and I believe I can speak for you, and everybody watching online, we all want to be wise. We'd much rather live in the land of wisdom than in the land of fools when it comes to life. And so he's getting ready to tell us, be careful, be careful, be careful, which means you're going to miss this if you're not careful. Here's something that if you're not careful, you're just going to gloss right over it and you'll end up a fool instead of wise. So what's it look like to live a life of wisdom? He's getting ready to show us. Here we go. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of every opportunity 
in these evil days. This is what wise people do. This is what foolish people are not careful to do, and they miss. Wise people make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. He says, make the most of them, which means the opportunities in front of you, which, by the way, I don't know what opportunities are in front of you, from a job, relationship, what problems you're facing, what situations in life. I don't know what opportunities are in front of you, and you don't know what opportunities are in front of me, but I can tell you they're all different for everybody, all at the same time. It's very unique. You think about yours, I'll think about mine, we'll all think about ours together. But you make the most of those opportunities in front of you, every one of them. Make the most of them. Now, he didn't say those opportunities would be simple. He didn't say they would be easy. And he certainly didn't say or imply they would be perfect. You know, those people, you know, that, you know that, that pe- those people, that one person, your sister-in-law, who, who just says, my life's just like perfect right now. Or, or, or your neighbor is like, man, my life's just going perfectly. Well, I'm getting ready to punch you. It's not going to go perfect now. You're getting ready to hurt, right? And that's awful. That's terrible. I'm just saying what we all think. You know, like, Bleh. He didn't say that. He said you're going to have to look at the opportunities in front of you, and you're going to have to make the most of them. They're not going to be perfect. If you're waiting for the perfect opportunity, you're going to be waiting. If you're waiting for the perfect relationship, you're going to be alone. All right? If you're waiting for the perfect job, you're going to be unemployed. Make the most, make the most, make the most, make the most of every opportunity. Now, now, now let's break it down a little bit more. This is very important, very important. Making the most of every opportunity does not mean that you're making the most of all opportunities. That's different. Let me explain the difference. I hear people say this all the time, something like this, and maybe you've said it, and I probably have said something like this. Well, If God didn't want me to do it, then why did he put the opportunity in front of me? I just kind of do. I just kind of do what's in front of me, you know? I mean, I had the opportunity. Not not everybody has this opportunity. I had this opportunity. I got the phone call, blah, blah, blah. You fill in the blank. So I guess this must mean this is what God wants me to do. Wait. Maybe, but maybe not. Because, see, God's not the only one. Listen carefully. God is not the only one that has the power to put opportunities in front of you. You have an enemy. His name is Satan, and he has power. And he will put opportunities in front of you to sidetrack you. He will put opportunities in front of you to lead you down the wrong path to a foolish way of living, a foolish life. And so... You can't just look at the opportunity. No, it's not making the most of all opportunities. Well, if it's in front of me, I'll do it. It's just like, it's like assuming, well, I went to the office. I'd skip breakfast, and somebody brought donuts. I guess that was the Lord. <laughs> Lord knows I was hungry. <laughs> no, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with donuts. And I know that's trivial. But God's not the only one. I mean, you just can't look at the opportunity and say, just because it's there, it must be from God. No, 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 because it may not be from God. He said, make the most of every opportunity, not all, but every opportunity. Making the most of some opportunities might be, mm, that's not for me. That may be making the most of that opportunity, letting it pass you by. Some opportunities you need to look at and say, uh-uh, nope, I know where that will lead me. 
I got a hunch that that's not going to lead me down the right path or that's going to take me. It looks good and shiny and smells new and all that kind of stuff and exciting, but I bet the backside of that is dark and there are bugs and scary crawly things under that rock and I, I just know. Yeah, you make the most of every opportunity knowing that these days are evil. And I got myself, I was just thinking to myself, if the first century days were evil, come on, you, you understand this? If the first century days were evil, what would Paul say about these days? Our days. You know, you know, everybody thinks they got it worse, you know. So we had it worse. We got it worse. Make the most of every opportunity knowing not everything in front of you is good. It may be good, it may be not. It may be wise, it may be foolish. It may be helpful, it may be hurtful. You say, well, how do I know then? Well, you kind of look at it for what it is and you run it through a filter. I wish I could give you a formula because that's what, you know, if you're not a Christian, you need to know this about Christians. Christians love formulas because we like to make things easy, you know. We don't have to pray about it. We don't have to think about it. We just kind of do it, you know, A plus B equals C, except... We all know that A plus B equals four sometimes. Like, where'd that come from? Right? It, it just, life is not linear. It can be random. Making the most of every opportunity, how can I do that? How can I tell the difference between, did God put this opportunity in front of me, or is this an opportunity that Satan has put in front of me to sidetrack me and lead me down a path that will end up me living the life of a fool? Well, run it through a filter. Filters like this. What is the most honoring thing to God? If I chose this, is this the most honoring thing to God or not? What is the most loving thing to others? If I chose this, is this going to be the most loving thing or is it just going to be more money? Is this going to be the most honoring thing to God or is it just the thing that's in front of me now? Right? Well, I asked the Lord for a sign. Ooh, be careful with that. Now, God can do whatever he wants to do. He's God. And I'm not saying that God's not directing you in some way or another, but if you live looking for signage from the divine, be careful with that. Because God has given us wisdom to guide us. How can I tell the difference? Run it through the filter. How can I maximize this for the glory of God and the good of others? For the glory of God and the good of others. I wish I could give you a nice, neat little formula. Like for the rest of your life, that all you got to do is plug in the coordinates and out pops out the right decision and the right opportunity. I, I can't do that for you. This is what you're going to have to do. He goes on. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. That's what you're going to have to do, is not act thoughtlessly. Look at the opportunity in front of you. See it for what it is, each and every one of them. You can't do them all. You can't say yes to everything. And so you look at every opportunity in front of you, and you think not thoughtlessly and just willy-nilly, whatever. I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants, and I just kind of go with the flow. And no, 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 you can't, you can't do that. I mean, it may be fun for a little while. You look at all the opportunities in front of you and you don't act thoughtlessly, which means you begin acting thoughtfully. You begin having thoughts that are full of thinking. Full of thinking decisions. Like, oh, let me think this through. Which means you're not going to be able to live reactionary. You're going to have to learn to respond. There's a difference between being responsive and reactionary. 
Reactionary is just knee-jerk reaction, just whatever. I'll say it, whatever. I'll do it, whatever. I'll go there. But response is like, okay, wait a second, wait a second. Let me think this through real quick. I may only just have a, a few moments. I, you know what? I may have a lot of time. I may have a little time, but let me give it as much thought as I can possibly give it. Let me think this through. Is, is this something that the Lord would do, or is this... Mm, is this going to take me down a path that I don't want to go eventually? I mean, it's nice and neat and shiny now, and the money's good, or the, or the benefits are nice, or whatever, you fill in the blank. But, or it tastes good, and I really want this, but down the road, is this going to be healthy for me? Yeah. See, it takes some thinking to respond, to understand what the Lord wants you to do. See, it's a spiritual thing. It really is. Which means you're going to have to consider this spiritually. Prayer. God, you're going to have to help me with this. God, I need some guidance here. God, I need some encouragement. I need some direction. I need clarity. God, I need wisdom here. I think essentially what Paul is saying is lean in. Lean in. I think that's what he's saying. He's saying, no, this whole balance thing, no, it's it's not about that. This is about learning to lean in. Which means there's no balance. Because if I am leaning in here, what happens? I am automatically leaning away from other things. And that's okay. I can't lean into everything at once. I can't lean into all things, but I can learn to look at everything, make the most of the opportunity in front of me. Some things I need to let go by me, and some things I need to say, no, this I need to lean into this relationship, which means I may need to lean away from that one because that one's unhealthy. I need to lean in to spending my time doing this because I, I can't do everything, and this is much more important than spending my time doing that. Which also means multitasking is not your friend. For those of you that pride yourself in multitasking, we admire you. But there's a difference between multitasking tasks, which is a good thing if you can do that, and multitasking life. You may be able to multitask tasks, but it's not advisable that you try to multitask life. You cannot prioritize everything all at once, all the time. There is no balance. You're going to have to learn to lean in. And leaning in is about making discerning decisions with your time and energy and focus. You can't say yes to everything. Discerning decisions. Let me think this through. Let me let this decision be full of thinking so I can understand what God would want me to do here. Is this a time where I need to lean in to Spiritually, my time with God, do I need to lean into some soul care? Or is this a time that I need to lean into my marriage relationship? Do I need to lean into time with my children? Because I can just see with the circumstances that are going on, I I really need to spend more effort and energy and focus here. Or this, got to be careful with this, maybe this is a time when I just really need to lean hard into work. Because things are, are difficult there and we have a deadline to meet. And, you know, my job depends on it, so I really need to focus and we'll work some overtime and get there early and stay a little late. There may be period, again, be careful because that can run away with you. You may be times when you need to do that. But then again, there are other times when you're going to need to learn to lean into rest 
Understanding, is this an opportunity for me to rest? Thank God he has programmed our bodies to crave that every day and to shut us down. It's called sleep. And if you don't do it well, your body will do it for you or take you out. That's the way that works. Sometimes, though, you need to lean. This is a time I need to lean in to rest. Or it may be a time you need to lean into your health. Or there could be a time you need to lean in some time for you. Boy, we love that one, right? I just need some me time. I just need some time for myself, you know? Isn't that funny? You know why we say that? We say that to shut everybody else up and leave me alone kind of thing. Because no, you can't really, you can't really de debunk that. If someone says, I need some time for me, you can't go, uh-uh. Right? Then you sound like a horrible person. So you just think that. You think, uh-uh. You always have time for yourself. What about time? You know, anyway. Discerning decisions. Some of them are going to be common sense. Others are going to be things that you need wisdom. So you're going to need to make it a matter of prayer. You're going to need to seek wise counsel. It's so important. Learn to ask wise people how you can make wise decisions with the opportunities in front of you. Don't ask a fool. You ask a fool, right? You know what you're going to get. A foolish answer. You don't ask for somebody whose life is a train wreck. Hey, what do you think I should? Never mind. Just, we're good. You're like, nobody ever asked me for advice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not implying anything there. It's just interesting. Yeah, seek wise counsel. And, and, and get this. Don't forget, God has given you a memory to learn from your past experience. We all have opportunities where... Boy, we went foolishly into those opportunities. And maybe we knew it on the front end and we didn't listen to wisdom. Or maybe we didn't know and we learned the hard way. But now, looking at the opportunity again in front of us, like, I'm not going to do that. I learned my lesson. No, 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 no. I'm not going down. Past experience is a great, great guide. Because we don't want to live the life of a fool. It's about making discerning decisions. It's about understanding that you always are going to have a tendency to lean one way or the other. Depending on your personality. Remember in the few weeks ago we talked about at the beginning of this series that some of us are results-oriented, task-driven people, and some of us are more relationship-oriented, and that comes more naturally. You know, and, I, and I said the results-oriented people are the list-makers and the box-checkers and the you know, get-it-done, get-it-done, and, and I, I confess that I am one of those kind of guys and how we have trouble sometimes connecting to the relational side of things. Not that we don't care about it, but it's just, just the task stuff comes so much more naturally. And that's the way God made us. On the other hand, you got relationship people that just, man, they get people and they understand the relational stuff. And I talked about how my wife is so much better at that. That's her bent. It's her God. It's the way God created her. And, and, and if you're like that, you just get people, you know. And it's not that the tasks are unimportant. It's not that you know that things don't got to get done. It's just the people side comes so much more naturally to you. Here's what you need to know. You have a tendency in making the most of every opportunity to lean one of the two areas more readily than the other. Just recognize that. It's not a good thing or a bad thing unless you're not careful to make the most of every opportunity with that in mind. So if you're a task results-oriented person, you're going to need to learn to lean a little bit more heavily to the relationship side of things. And if you're a relationship side person, you're going to need to learn to lean a little bit more to the task, the results-oriented. That means for you results-oriented people and for people like me, 
my response to everything is, well, let's make a list and get it done. And get it done. There's got to be something to do. I can fix this. We'll fix it. A plus B equals C. I need to put that down and look into someone's eyes and have a conversation and spend time with someone. And if you're a relationship person, all you want to do is look into people's eyes. Sometimes you got to stop chatting and get the crap done. You got to understand where you're, again, it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just a people thing thing. Understand your personality that will help you as you discern where to lean in. Another thing about leaning in, it's about being flexible, but with purpose. Flexibility driven by purpose. You have a set of values that guides where you have to lean in. Sometimes you're leaning in over here. Other times you're leaning in over here. And then maybe next week you're spending a whole lot of time leaning in over here because you know that the week following that, something else is going to happen and you're going to have to lean in over here. Can't do it all at once. You have to pick and choose. Where do I need to lean in? You have to learn to be flexible, but be driven by purpose and your values, the things that are most important. Here's something that can help. This is very practical. You can actually learn to plan where to lean in. You can actually decide ahead of time where you're going to lean in when. Now, I'm not talking about when life happens and things change and things go wrong and something breaks or somebody gets sick. Then we have to be flexible, but again, guided by values and purpose. We, okay, hopefully that's a given. But I'm talking about ahead of time. You can value things so much that you plan ahead of time where you need to lean in. There's this nifty little thing that we came up with as human beings, and all of us have one. It's called a calendar. It's called a calendar. You can put on your calendar where you need to be leaning in. Some of you are like, really? Yeah, you got one on your phone. You do, unless you're still carrying yours in a bag. No one ever calls you. Right? We all have them on our phones. Some of you need to really pay attention to your calendars. Others of you need to take a couple steps back because you have one of the big ones posted on the wall in your home and like, okay. The calendar's great. You get to decide on your calendar where you need to lean in. There's time for work. You're going to lean in there. You need to look at that and say, okay, but if it's all work, it's all work. Where does their time to rest? I need to calendar time to rest or, or, or maybe go on a vacation or sit in a beach or go to the mountains. I need to find time. I need to calendar time to spend with God. I need to calendar time just for me. I need to calendar time for my marriage. I need to calendar time for my kids. See, we say we love them with our hearts. Well, let's love them with our calendars. There are times when you just, on your calendar, this is what I do and this is when I do it. Now, you have to be flexible, guided by purpose. It's not always going to fit into your calendar. Things are not always going to work out perfectly, but you got to learn. I can do this and I can be intentional with this on purpose. Know this. There's so many things pulling at you in the hustle. We've listed a lot of them. There's so many things pulling at you. You're going to have to learn that you can say yes to a few things. You're going to have to say wait to many things and no to most things. Like, oh, man, that sounds restrictive. No, I'm, that's just reality. There's so much in our day and time that's pulling at our time and energy and focus. If you're young, please get this, get this now, get it now. You're going to have to learn to say no to most things, and that's okay. 
A wise no leads you to a better yes. You're going to have to learn to say no to most things and wait to many things. Yeah, it's just not now. Yes, but it's not just now. Wait, so that you can say yes to the best things, and that's going to be a few things. That's about making the most of every opportunity. Looking to God, saying, God, I, I just, you're going to have to help me with this one. Now, some of you are probably thinking, oh, man, I get it. I just feel this heaviness. What if I've messed this up already? What if, what if I've messed this up? Well, you have. But I have too. And we all have. I mean, I, I, I find myself saying this. And I, I feel like I'm a young man still. But I've lived long enough to be able to look back and go, oh man, if I had just known then what I know now. You think that way too? Yeah. As a dad, I, I look back and now, you know, my nest is at least half empty. Both my girls are grown and one's gone and one's on her way out. And I look back and I'm like, man, had I known then what I know now. It would have helped my lean. You know what I'm saying? Man, I wish I'd have known this. Man, I wish I'd have known that. I look back with regret. Yeah, you people that say, I have no regrets. Yeah, you're blind. You don't impress anybody. We all have regrets. Unless you've got that as a tattoo, then you secretly have a regret. Anyway, we all have regrets. We've all messed this up. But here's what we can do. We can start with the opportunity in front of us, right? The next opportunity and, and make the most of that opportunity, knowing, knowing that I'm going to need wisdom to do this. We can, that, that's why older people say to younger people all the time, be careful here. That, that's why grandparents say to young parents with little kids, soak them up, soak these years up. Why? Because that's wisdom speaking. That's wisdom speaking. That, that's why a wise business person will say to a young business person, okay, slow down, slow down, it'll all come, it'll all come. Because you know, that's wisdom talking. It's wisdom talking. Yeah. Let's learn wisdom. Let's learn wisdom. To make the most of every opportunity, starting with the one in front of you. Start today. Start now. In fact, I want to help you get started. I, I think I got an idea. Let, let's do this. I want to I help you remember this lean-in thing in such a way that I think, that I think it'll stick with you at, at least for a couple hours. <laughs> Everybody stand up. Let's do this. Everybody stand up. All locations, stand up. Everybody stand. If you're on the beach, just stand. <laughs> People look at you weird, just pretend like you're saluting something or you know, looking around for... <laughs> Shark! No, don't do that. Do that. All right. So on the count of three, be careful. I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to say. If everyone doesn't listen and follow instructions, somebody could get hurt at church, and I can't heal you. Okay? Here we go. On the count of three, we're going to lean this way. One, two, three. Lean. Nice. On the count of three, this way. One, two, three. Lean. Watch it now. On the count of three, we're going to lean this way. One, two, three. Lean. Oh, man. Some of you did. I say, watch it. You're going to headbutt somebody. Okay. On the count of three, back this way. One, two, three. Lean. 
yeah, you have just stretched for the day. You're like, for the day, nothing, man. I stretch for the month. I don't stretch. And now I won't be able to get out of bed tomorrow. Thank you very much. So why'd you have us do that? I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun. No, I want you to remember the lean. Okay? Remember the lean. Lean in. Lean in. And let's make it a matter of prayer. Let's learn to pray something like this. God, give me wisdom as I lean. Because you're going to lean somewhere. You're leaning somewhere. You're leaning into something and away from something else. You cannot balance it all. That's a myth. You're going to lean somewhere. Ask God to give you wisdom on where to lean, how to lean, when to lean, who to lean. Ask God wisdom. And let's start right now. Our Father, we thank you. For the wisdom that began in the first century, that through your spirit, you inspired Paul to write these things down, not just to help those people, but it's still so needed for us, for me. I need it, and it helps me. God, I need wisdom to know where to lean. There's so many things pulling at time and energy and focus. I can't do it all. We can't do it all. So help us. Help us to make the most of every opportunity to choose what is most honoring to you and most helpful to others, that brings glory to you and is good for others, that is loving to you and to others. And help us to help each other, point each other in the right direction, and not try to do this solo. Because you have brought people into our life to give us wise counsel. And we ask you, the wise one of all, to direct our steps. May we listen and be wise in Jesus' name. Amen.